I am recording, though I'm still an idiot. Hello, welcome to This Week in Japan. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm the Geek Tom. And together we bring you all the news from around Japan in like a little box. An audio box. Other audio boxes are available. It's just imagining the sound as box going into your ears. Like, imagine cells at work with like little <laughs> little sound particles. Sounds are particles. Little sound waves <laughs> as like cute anime girls with deliveries of our voices. God, that's upsetting. Do we get to be the little nasty boy diseases? Just two very disgusting boys going around filling people's ears with nonsense. Yeah. And they have to send big strapping guys clad in white to go and like eliminate us because we're bad for the body. I feel like that's how that works in a cells and work environment. Enough of your dream diary, Thomas. This week we do have some Neko ears. Uh, some just like interesting approach to anti-crime attempts to stop crime through not doing anything. The most Japanese way to stop crime. And then <laughs> the Olympics is a mess. But we've got to go back to the Olympics. Can we go back to my dream diary, John? Because this is a f***ing nightmare. What the hell have you brought upon our heads this week? Well, but first, let's enjoy Cute Corner. It's what Aww. it's here for. This week's Cute Corner is once again capitalism. No, it's cat ears. Da, 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 da. full of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> so, Thomas... Did you know that everybody wants to be a cat? I, that's what I heard on loop when I was a child. <laughs> that's a very real memory for me, John, yes. Well, you can get one step closer to your dream with this new product from Neuroware. Uh, that already sounds like some sort of Robocop corporation, John. I'm not really sure where you're going with this. Well, they've developed something called the Neko Mimi, which literally means cat ears. Fair enough. A wearable device that you put in your head that gives you a set of mm -hmm. cat ears. We already have those, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, these ones read your brain waves. <gasps> Bill Gates! <laughs> Elon Musk, but cat ears. <laughs> He said he was going to get those cat girls, and he's going to do it by putting, I don't know, brainwave machines on your head until you think you're a cat girl. Basically, there's a sensor that is supposed to detect your current emotional state and move your ears, like, in tandem with your thoughts. Oh, okay. So it reads your mood and... Has the ears, like, perked up or flapped to the sides or something like that, depending on how it thinks you're feeling right now? Pretty much. Though you do have to, what looks like, it does look slightly like you're wearing a microphone wrong. <laughs> because it just has, like, a small black bit that, like, goes over to your forehead. God forbid you have a fringe. <laughs> I suppose cats aren't allowed fringes. The ears will stand up if you are concentrating on something. Alright. They will fold over when you're relaxed. And they will twitch and wiggle when you're feeling a mix of focus and relaxation. 
<laughs> All right. It does not stop there, Thomas, because these ears, as well as receiving sound, well, they receive brainwaves, not sound, they produce sound. I think that's the opposite of what ears are supposed to do, John. They're not, that, doesn't, that isn't how any of this works. Well, these ears produce a nyan or meow sound occasionally. And oh, God. Ge- <laughs> and gentle purring. Oh, no. That, mm, okay. So I know this is already, like, hella weird. Because <laughs> if you're going out with robot cat ears, you've already made a statement about yourself. But if the fucking cat ears burn at random intervals while you're outside. <laughs> Only if you're relaxed, Thomas. Only if you're... Fuck. How can anyone be relaxed whilst outside wearing cat ears? So it must be just for when you're indoors on your own, forgetting you have cat ears on your head, and then suddenly you hear just a nyan from your forehead and go, oh, shit, I'm wearing cat ears again. Damn you, Elon Musk. Thomas, you will be happy to hear, though, you can mute the speaker function. Okay, good, 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 good. I do want to ask you, Thomas, how much would you pay for mood-detecting cat ears? By the way, it also works via both a forehead memory and also a clip that goes on your earlobe. So it's... Oh, okay. Uh, well, I was already going to say that you, you would have to actually pay me in order to wear them, because <laughs> I cannot, I cannot justify that purchase. Honestly, I, I do not have the disposable income to warrant cat ears. But just, just go on, John. You're, you're clearly leading us up to how much these things cost. Break it to I, me gently. I do just want to say that due to the ear clip, they do. Everyone does look slightly like in the adverts, like they're going through some kind of medical procedure. Like they are. It's the brainwave cat ears, John. It's turning them into cat girls. Come on, that's the medical procedure right there. Well, for the general selling price, they are just a hundred and fifty yen under, fifteen thousand yen. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> that's that's almost exactly a hundred pounds or about hundred thirty dollars, hundred and forty dollars. I guess that's actually not terribly priced for something that's supposed to be able to read your brain waves. Like that is it it looks like something out of a cheap sci fi thing, and it sounds like something out of a cheap sci fi thing. Though Thomas, this is available for the next forty one days as of recording, so there might be a bunch of these special ones left. So one you can get them for 10% off. Get me that 90, do- 90 pound cat yep. ears. That's exactly what I was looking for. The, obviously, next year, Thomas, uh, will be the Zodiac Year of the Tiger. For an extra about 7,000 yen, uh, you can get tabby cat ears. Though there are only 16 of these remaining at time of recording. Everyone uh, wants to be a tiger, apparently. You can also just get, like, little white ears. Vanilli... Vanillanium... Vanillanium special. 
Unobtainium special, you say? Though, Thomas, if you're like... You think there's a market for these things? Um, I, I know there is, unfortunately. I, I wish I didn't, but I do, so... Well, you can buy a 20-pack for a, what? a cheap 267,300. What? No, no. <laughs> See, just in case you wanted one for, like, every day of the month for uh, about three weeks, you can get a 20-pack of these. I assume that is for, like, small shops and stuff. That would make more sense, because... I mean, there's definitely no one in the world who has 19 friends who want to wear robot cat ears. That I can be sure of. Because if you have friends who want robot cat ears, you don't have 19 of them, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, apparently it can, like, do, like, the little ears individually. So you can have, like, a peek. Oh, wow. So they are planning also to release, like, different ears. Uh So... So you can, um, uh, you can like buy hopefully in the future like specialized like ear accessories to pop on to your uh, headset. Oh boy, that's gonna get weird very fast. Why do I say it gets weird? It's already weird. It's just gonna, it's 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 just gonna escalate from there. Oh Jesus Christ. Well, their estimated arrival is in September this year, so we'll see if these break the world, because they've already succeeded their crowdfunding target. John, I'm already living through, like, two different apocalypse right now. I don't think I can survive a Catboy apocalypse right now. But can you survive Crime Corner? I mean, we do it every week, so, so far, so good. I'm, I'm still here. Good point. Well, Thomas, what would you do... If you were in a shop and you found a small black card. I would not touch that card. That's the devil's card right there. You don't want to be, I don't want to be picking up any strange cards off the floor, John. It's COVID. You don't know who's been touching it. But what if You don't know where that card's been, John. What, what would you do if those, if those cards said shoplifting prevention Experiment two. Yeah, you don't, I don't want to fuck with that. What the hell? That, that sounds like bait. That's a trap right there. That is a trap card right there, face down, well, in defense position. Well, it seems neither would criminals, because apparently uh, there is a shop in Aichi Prefecture that had a problem with shoplifters. And so the owner of this store talks to some of the local policemen, including the chief of community safety division. Because apparently the shoplifters were ignoring security cameras. Isn't that good for the store? Because if they're ignoring the security cameras, that means they're on tape, right? I, th- yeah, but then then the police have to do their job and track them down and blood. Oh, that and is a that is a problem. Yeah, I see why we need to resolve that pronto. <laughs> yeah. So the the police thought that maybe the security cameras in operation sign that is posted in many stores has become like. Not a deterrent. It's like faded into the background. Mm. So in October last year, uh, they placed uh, more than a thousand small cards like around the store. Like these are cards about the size of your palm, a little smaller than a playing card with just shoplifting prevention experiment two written in white letters on a black background. 
I see. There were also apparently larger white cards with the message security cam focus adjustment, which were attached on the floor in front of the cashiers. Some customers were seen looking up at the ceiling trying to find a camera. (laughs) So basically, this is an extension of like having a security camera that's just the case and isn't actually recording. Mm. So apparently after being in place for six months, um, they had reduced shoplifting by over 30%. I mean, that, that's a small victory, I guess. 30% isn't nothing to sniff at. I was expecting something a bit more dramatic, I'll be honest, John. My main problem is, is this shop is part of a chain. So the chain was like, oh, this is successful. We'll try and do the same thing, like, throughout mm. our stores. And surely, the fact that I'm reading a news article about this, surely you don't want to advertise this. <laughs> You do give the game away if you tell everyone on national news, hey, this store has done actually nothing to increase the chance of catching uh, a shoplifter. They're just putting out additional warnings not to shoplift. Yeah. So apparently, Thomas, this has a special name. Because if, oh. if you give something a special name, you can charge millions in consulting fees. <laughs> uh, this is called Shikakeology. That does sound like a, a business con, yes. Go on, explain it. the concept of shikakology to me. Um, Did I say that right? Probably not. Probably, probably not. Probably something offensive. Oh, well. So this is supposed to use the sense of being watched. Basically the idea that you are under observation and therefore you want to avoid embarrassing social behaviour. Michel Foucault, is that you? <laughs> what are you doing in Japan? <laughs> Not Foucault, I thought I'd escaped him. (laughs) Other examples that you, like, might know or have seen are things like uh, putting a little basketball hoop over a rubbish bin or, like, putting a little target sticker on, like, um, urinals. <laughs> oh yeah, we have uh, some places here have like little fly decals on urinals. Yeah, which honestly look gross, and I hate them for existing. But I understand what they're going for. But yes, that is the world of uh, Chikakeology. But now, Thomas, before we go into the uh, the depths of the Olympics, it's time for a small friend to greet us for snack break. It's Kimetsu no Yaiba. Bum, ba-dum, ba-da-da-da-dum. I see you couldn't help but get the blondest box available to you, John. I know. It is a box of Purdinto Biscetto. It's printed biscuits with... On the picture, you have Zenitsu and... My boy, the biggest, my biggest boy, Rengoku-san. Um... Now, these are printed biscuits, which means there are eight different printings you can find. Inside. It looks like they have the, all the Demon Slayer character faces on the biscuits, so you can finally fulfill your dream of consuming an Osuke hole. I mean, who hasn't done that already? 
Of course, you can find pictures of the food on the Instagram at the Gaijin John. And now I get to see whether they have shortchanged me on <laughs> my characters. Because these are just milk biscuits. They're they're like plain biscuits. Okay, so I have I have you. I have Zenitsu. And there we go. That's all we were looking for. Really, mission accomplished, ladies and gentlemen, I have, and I listeners. Have I have Kanao. I have Inosuke. I have Tanjiro. Who am I missing so far? I need Rengoku-san, Shinobu, and Nezuko. That's Nezuko. There we are. Got two more. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together. Ooh. That, that's another Zenitsu. <laughs> that's another Nezuko. I think I'm going to be too short. That's two more Inoskes. That's two more Tanjiros. That's a lot of Tanjiros. Another Zenitsu. Yep. I'm missing my I'm I'm missing my Rengoku san. That's unfair. He's on the box. He should be in by default. Yeah. I'm also missing Shinobu, but she Disappointing. Can her, she can keep her poison away away from my milk biscuits. Mm, probably for the best. On the plus side, you did get three whole Zenitsus, so I wouldn't see this as a, a trade down for you at all. It's a no. trade down for everyone else, but apparently you just you this is the way your tastes work, John, so He's my boy. Apparently so. It's uh, he has to be someone's boy. Eat the taki mask. Nice small sweet biscuits. They might do nice with a cup of tea. They're like very, very small printed on like rich tea biscuits. But also inside, it's kinda cute. They have a let me open. Open you. How is the face printing done exactly? I have no idea. But they have a little, like, printing of the characters inside the box. Which is kind Look of at cute. that. Look at the chibi boys and girls. I assume I assume it's just done with, like, not some baking, but I... Just I heat? Yeah, I assume heat and then some kind of, like, very, like, very baked on glaze does say it contains egg, so I'm thinking it's like some kind of glaze. Uh. Like you'd put on like you'd put on a scone to brown it when it's in the oven. They just brown very specific parts of it. That makes sense. But yeah, cute printed biscuits, just like a cute a cute time for us all. And to remind you that Kometsu no Yaiba is still massively popular and also Thomas John. For those listening, as of this time, I have a hype for snack break next week. I'm building hype. Oh my goodness, we're getting a preview, or at least a tease, of a, it, of a snack break to come. It is related to Kometsu no Yaiba. I've pre-ordered <gasps> something special from Lawson um, that is related <laughs> to the Mugen Train movie. My, my. Goodness me. We're going all out. 
Yeah, but also likely after that episode, uh, I'm going to lose my internet. So it might be the f- like the final episode with me being in Japan. So who knows? Way. So we might be ending it on a Mugen Train Spectacular. Who knows? As you would expect on good old episode, what will it be? 91? Too many. (laughs) (laughs) The person who has also been here too long is Yoshihide Suga. Suga. Uh, Because guess what, Thomas? His approval ratings have sunk to record lows. Again. Again. It just keeps getting better for the man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. The thing is, even when it was like this, well, this bad before, like, it didn't, ge- it didn't get much worse. Like in January, he was down at thirty-three uh, percent approval, with forty-five percent disapproval, and currently he's on thirty-one percent approval, with forty-nine percent disapproval. That's honestly impressive that he still managed to get thirty-one percent approval with just how unpopular the Olympic Games are going. Especially considering there is actually no turning back for him at this point. Yeah, well, he's at least trying to avoid some stuff from President of the IOC, Bach! Bach! Why don't you go back to where you came from? Uh, well, that's what some people were chanting at Mr. Thomas Bach. Uh, this week, when Too he right. went to visit Hiroshima to lay a wreath uh, in Hiroshima about, like, peace and etc. The Atomic Bomb Dome, which is an extremely emotional place to go, and I recommend it to anyone coming to Japan. It's it's a tough day. But I'm not too happy, and so are most Japanese people, because he's come straight from Tokyo, which is a huge COVID hotspot, and if you don't know Japanese geography, uh, Hiroshima is quite a long way from Tokyo. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm assuming Hiroshima is not in the same state of emergency right now as Tokyo currently is. Uh, no. It is quite high, though. It is, however, much closer to where I am. So back, back off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least we've got back puns to keep us going through this segment. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, we don't know when they'll be back. <laughs> Uh, yes, so I have looked at it. I have looked it up. Uh, it is 830 kilometers between Hiroshima and Tokyo. I'm assuming he took a plane there. Uh, he might have taken the Shinkansen. Oh, go good. I, High I, speed I, infections, here we come. Toot, toot. Well... It's supposed to be like a overlap with the Olympic idea of like peace and love, etc. Which is elements <laughs> that yeah, I agree with. If <sighs> the if 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 the country wasn't in a state of a of mass pandemic. It just becomes increasingly through the teeth every single time. So apparently there are sub speculation from opposition groups to the visit that this is part of Bach uh, attempting to lobby for the Nobel Peace Prize. That You know what? Stranger things have happened even with the Nobel Peace Prize, but dear fucking god, please no. So IOC presidents have visited before, so it is a thing, but like 
this is still this is this is dumb traveling halfway across the country this is this is much more an international like peace like image than anything in japan japanese people do not like this and they do not like him uh including the part when he called them chinese that's gotta be like the easiest thing not to fuck up it's been like three olympics since beijing it's not even close. Well, it is You've close on the other side. The winter, the winter Olympics next year are in China. So that is he's like... getting ahead of himself. Then <laughs> he's already moved on from the Olympics. He's he's currently trying to promote. It's like ah, oh, this. We're just going to think about the Winter Olympics now. Fuck it. I will say I don't like to do like linguistical insults, especially on people whose English is their second language. Uh, he he is German, so I don't I don't like to like insult him. But it's just oh dear, it's just there are so many things going wrong, and just like you just didn't need another one. Like the interpreters, because they are competent, uh, did not translate uh, Chinese people, but the words were picked up by news organizations. Because they could tell the Obviously. difference between Chinese and Japanese. Unlike Bach. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a professor, uh, a professor at the University of Shizuoka, said that the first sounds in the words Japanese and Chinese are similar. So Jap and Cha. No. Or Jap and Chai. And the suffix "ease" is grammatically the same. Because the accent is the same, too, it provides the condition for an individual to easily choose the wrong word from the dictionary in their head. I think it's the kind of mistake that can't be helped. He says also that it's possible that Chinese people came from overthinking. But this is not something that can be proved either. Looking at it linguistically, it seems to be a very ordinary mistake. And the thing is, it is a very ordinary mistake. But it's just one on top of hundreds more. And... I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, Thomas. Um, I'm sure. Uh, notably, after this, also there was a Twitter hashtag uh, that became popular in Japanese side of Twitter, uh, which you can translate to "What Bach might do next." Well, what he also did um, is <laughs> is he apparently asked Suga to lift the ban on spectators if the virus crisis eased. Of course he did. Of course he did. I don't know what we expected, really, from the IOC at this point, because they seem hell-bent on making this the worst possible thing that could possibly happen. To put it in in perspective, over the last couple of weeks, Tokyo itself has gone from about 200-300 cases a day to over a thousand. And it's just getting more and more and more. I think it went down slightly today, but it's just like there are stories of like the Olympic of athletes catching it in the Olympic Village, people coming down. It's it's insane, and also the fact that these tickets are like, if somehow the amounts of numbers do go down in the next week, <laughs> I just love this line. Suga avoided giving a clear cut answer to Bach's request. <laughs> Suga's learned how to dodge hanging out with unsavory characters 
ever so slightly over the last year or so, apparently. He knows when to keep his mouth shut at the very least, which is probably why he's still got some popularity left in him. Because my yep. god, that man is surrounded by buffoons and hateful creatures. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I, I quite like this official, who is from the Prime Minister's office, um, who, after the meeting was held, said changing course and bringing back spectators is not acceptable for the Japanese government. Uh, because Suga obviously did the thing where he went, well, mm, maybe, mm, perhaps, mm. which if you have ever worked in a Japanese work environment is you'll hear 10 times a day. But this official <laughs> said, which endured him to my heart, even if the infection situation improves, we don't have the time. First of all, how on earth would you sell tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Just I, like... That's just got, got to be the easiest sell in the world. It's tickets to the Olympics, John. Everyone's going to be queuing up for them for miles. I wonder whether those queues might be a COVID risk. It was naive to think, oh, the infection rate might go down in the first place. But then going, oh, yeah. If the infection rate goes down, that means we can open the Olympic Games to the public. That just makes sense. As if that's not immediately going to reverse the situation again. It's just a, it's just a bad idea on top of bad idea. And this is what makes me lose like any kind of sympathy for Buck. It's just... It's absolutely awful. It's absolutely... I mean, yeah... The China comment might have been a, an accidental slip of the tongue. We're only human. And it happens from time to time. But at the end of the day, he's shown a callous disregard for Japanese people throughout this entire sordid affair. So it wouldn't be surprising if he didn't really care where they're from either. Like, I really don't appreciate like him coming all the way to Hiroshima with groups of people from Tokyo. Like bringing the delta variant like close to me my prefecture is after having almost no cases for like about a month has suddenly had like huge sets of like spikes it'll be because of stuff like this no i cannot connect it explicitly to stuff like this um (laughs) bach did not personally steal my shoes yeah it's just a mess it's an utter mess and it's totally ridiculous and uh, speaking of more, uh, some places will still have spectators because spectators are actually only banned within Tokyo and uh, the three neighboring prefectures, as well as Hokkaido and Fukushima prefecture. However, there are like some places like, for example, in Ibaraki, where some spectators will be allowed. Uh, this includes uh, school children, because of course they are. Uh, this course. comes this comes from a New York Times uh, reporter who said that uh, essentially on top of the fact that children are being invited to come and watch the games maybe invited in a, in inverted commas there we're not sure um, the sponsor Coca-Cola is asking them to only bring Coca-Cola products and if not uh, to take the label off those products. It's also said asking people to, like, limit to, like, two 750-milliliter bottles, which, if you're there for, the like, the whole afternoon in Japanese heat, it's probably not enough. Well, then you could just go buy more, John. 
Oh, God, yeah, no. But the thing is also that Coca-Cola don't just sell Coca-Cola in Japan. They sell huge amounts of things like green tea, sports drinks, energy drinks. Like, yeah. Coca-Cola generally isn't great regardless, but this is just on top of it. It's Let's more... scalp some children at the Olympic Games! Yay! Oh, God. Oh. But now, Thomas. It gets even worse. Oh, God, it gets even to worse. I'm, I'm going to fucking scream, John. I'm going to fucking scream. How does it get worse, John? Okay, so first of all, I'm going to say trigger warnings in this section. Uh, if you if you don't want to hear the stuff I'm speaking about, uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week uh, for exciting Rengoku-related food. But this will have reference to bullying, assault, torture, abuse of disabled people, child abuse, possible sex crimes. This is a lot darker than we usually get into and that is uh, a composer uh, called Cornelius well he is known as Cornelius that is his nom de plume uh, he is also known as Keigo Oyamada he was 52 and is a famous composer from Japan and he was announced this week uh, to be the composer for the opening and closing ceremonies it, however, in an interview uh, during the 90s in two separate magazines, he admitted to bullying, I'm going to put that in inverted quotes there, uh, some school children from a neighbouring school to his. If you just take a bunch of like the main news articles, this is what you'll hear. Japanese composer for Tokyo Olympics apologises for abuse. Keigo Ayamada, a Japanese composer whose music is part of the Tokyo Olympics opening ceremony, has apologised for bullying a classmate during his childhood. There are reports of his abusing a child with disabilities, which surfaced online recently and got covered in Japanese media, are sparking a backlash on social, on social media demanding his resignation. And once again it states he has apologised for bullying a classmate during his childhood. As it quotes his apology, saying... I apologise from the bottom of my heart, and of course the classmate himself, whom I have hurt, and all my fans, friends, and other people involved. Uh, he said he had been immature, and that it was guilt that prevented him from coming forward, and that he hoped to contact the person he had bullied and apologised. And then saying he will not resign, and then referencing things like Yoshihiro Mori. Um, Always a good example to use. Now, that might sound like a straight up, oh, he was a bully, but this was years ago. The man is 52. He was a bully in high school. He's totally changed. Bada, bada, ba. I have a massive issue with the use of the term bullying because it, it's somehow bullying. I'm not minimizing bullying, but when we go into what he did, it's insane. And this man was, will, will not resign. And it's very unlikely that the, um, I think they've already announced that they're not going to fire him. So. Exactly. Quick note from Editing John. Uh, so it turns out that literally about two hours after we recorded this, Keigo Oyamada resigned from the Olympics, which is three days before the opening ceremony. So this is obviously very good news, because uh, we originally speculated uh, that 
nothing bad would happen to him. But it seems I just also wanted to update people that he is at least facing like some more backlash. This includes uh, that Sony are currently distancing themselves from him, including Japan's public broadcaster NHK, uh, which is hopefully what will keep on happening, because as both Thomas and I said, uh, the things he did were absolutely uh, disgusting and have no place anywhere. Hopefully the Japan Olympics is a bit better when you're listening to this, and a bit better knowing that the man behind this is getting at least a fraction of the comeuppance he deserves. Bye! And also sorry this bit's so grim. Yeah. So in two interviews, one in Rocking on Japan and one in the magazine Quick Japan, uh, he confessed to bullying classmates from a nearby special needs school, uh, from elementary school all the way through to him being in high school. So that is plus 10 years. Just a point. No. I think confess makes puts the wrong tone on exactly the way he approached this. He was not no, all that torn it... up about it at the time. In fact, he seemed to be quite happy to tell this story. Yeah, back in the nineties. So I'm getting this. I'm going to quote from JapanSubculture.com, quoting him uh, in Rocking Japan. I'd strip one guy naked and roll him up in cords and make him masturbate. I made him eat excrement and then performed a belly-to-back drop wrestle move on him. In the interview with Quick Japan, he admitted that he also made gleefully fun of kids with Down syndrome. He also was proud of providing ideas, spurring others to bully the special needs children. Uh, it also One of the ones also included him taping a box over the children's head and pouring chalk in there. And when the magazines followed up on part of this interview, um, the fa- the family of the victims said that re- said to the reporter that the bullying had nearly driven their son to suicide. Essentially, what this man did, almost proudly, was admit to sexual assault and a- almost attempted murder. By the way, the statute of limitations has passed on all of this. Yes. So That's... there's not any legal recourse for any of this. No, exactly, because he is currently 52, and even at the time of the interviews, which were 20-something years ago. And in his apology, the composer admitted that he did not show any regret when he spoke to the magazine, and he deserved the criticism he was receiving. But he would not step down and said that he would, like, try and move forward and pay back by putting his all into uh, uh, being part of the Olympics and try and find redemption there. The problem is this is not something that can be solved with apology. This is utter... Uh, this is insane. He's nearly killed at least one child. Yeah. That's not something that you can just go, oh, I'll play some music at the Paralympic Games because they're making this guy <laughs> pose for the Paralympic Games. And he's come... Obviously, he's come out. He's apologised. He's also said that the stories he told were exaggerated at the time and whether you believe that or not is entirely up to you because... Whilst it's true he might have exaggerated it for the sake of a good story at the time, that says something pretty about him to begin with. And either way, if there's even a kernel of truth to this, he's not the person who should be doing anything related to any Olympics, let alone the one that's supposed to be a celebration of disabled people. I feel like if he was truly sorry, he would understand why it's not appropriate for him to be part of the Paralympics and would have stepped down from it voluntarily 
I feel like his desire to stay as the composer for something he has no business being anywhere near is more self-centered than just, I would like to redeem myself. It's basically an element, and there have been people writing about it, that it shows that Japan does does not care about its disabled population and is basically going like, oh yeah, you can do all this stuff, you can admit to doing this stuff, as long as you just say sorry, it's fine. As long as you just go, I'm sorry. Oh, well, he said he's sorry, guys. Can't do anything. It's important to understand just how much of a rampant problem bullying is in Japanese schools at the moment, and also the fact that the disabled population of Japan is hitting as a even bigger crisis than most of the population of Japan, with its aging population, as there are fewer carers available for disabled people, and therefore, as you might imagine, that has led to a rise in abuse rates for disabled people at the moment. Japan has a serious problem with disability, which is, well, this is odd and kind of sad for a country that held the second ever Paralympic Games in 1964. But it seems like no matter how far we come, it still looks like it might fall back. And obviously every Olympics has issues, like the issues around Rio. But this is, it, it, this is becoming a, fu- the, like, I don't usually like even going into, like, the really, like, nasty side of the Olympics. Because there, there are also things, like, there was also a story about the beds. About how the beds that are made of cardboard and therefore recyclable. And people mixing them up with, like, ah, oh, these beds are anti-sex. They're not anti-sex beds. They're, they're just beds made to be renewable out of cardboard, which got confused with them getting rid of uh, getting rid of giving the athletes condoms. But it's just, there are so many issues right now, including, like, the overlap of, like, of people, because the athletes are, are isolated in the Olympic Village, but then you have all the support staff going in and out and in and out. And it is just, it is just on top of into a massive sandwich i also make the joke that i don't like to get serious in this podcast but this is just making me really angry and it's making most of the japanese people i know really angry the olympics have always had its issues as you said i mean i can't i can't remember an olympics that went off without issue i mean what what have we had we've had this olympics which is just the biggest cluster i've ever seen of show rio before that which was an absolute calamity for the people who were living in in the city at the time we had london before that which had its problems as well it's probably one of the smoother ones all things considered but that's because it lived it happened in a fairly wealthy and fairly wealthy country although it was one gun experiencing massive austerity at the time and then before that it was beijing which is a country that has no business having international celebration at any point. And we're going back. And we're going back for the Winter Olympics. Yay. Whilst they're busy committing a genocide, and everyone knows they're committing a genocide on on the Muslim population there. But we're going back. And I just... I don't think after 2021 there's any way to ever be excited for the Olympic Games ever again. And that might be something that people have come to before 2021, because it might just be a fact that I'm young still. This is the first one I've experienced where I'm like a full adult. But 
Jesus fucking Christ. What the hell is going on? I don't know. This is a comedy podcast. Ha ha. Sorry, it's hard to make comedy with this. I don't think it would be appropriate to try and make jokes about this. I mean, the funniest thing that happened this week was people going crazy over the anti-sex beds. And that's that's just so ridiculous. But that's the funniest thing about the Olympics that's going on, is the possibility of anti-sex beds. The thing is, I actually, I meant to research and do a section on the anti-sex beds, but I just forgot because everything was so depressing. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Here's a guy who made kids eat shit. Now let's talk about the anti-sex beds. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back oh next week. I really want to say with better news, but we'll try and find some fun stuff, we promise. Where can they find us talking about happier times, Thomas? Uh, if you want to go back to our earlier episodes, back when we were young and innocent to the ways that COVID was going to completely f*** this podcast, um, you can see our backlog on Podbean. Spotify, iTunes, uh, the Amazon one, and we'll put the video up on YouTube soon as well. Uh, if you want to keep up to date on what we're doing in general, we have a Twitter, Geeks and Gaijins, and Facebook, also Geeks and Gaijins. We're Geeks and Gaijins on basically everything, including our Gmail, which is geeksandgaijins at gmail.com, although that one has an and as in the word and in the middle instead of an ampersand, which is what you need for all the others. Although I'm pretty sure if you type in Geeks and Gaijins, either way, you'll find us eventually. Um, and of course there is the Twitch, but follow that for whenever we start doing this, doing that again. That is probably the plan I will say currently for after the, uh, uh, for after I move back from the UK, that we do more Twitch related stuff. Uh, it's not long now, but yeah, we'll have to yeah. give John some time to get settled back in and then we'll organize something. We've got to sort out our time schedules at that point. Indeed. I'm also on Instagram at the Gaijin John. I'm also on Twitter at John Combi. Uh, if you need anything at all, like, take care, everyone. It's difficult and it's, it's tough for Ursul. Yep. Lots of big hugs. I'm also depressed because it's my last week at my job this week, so I'm getting really sad. Love you all. Take care. And enjoy spending time with your loved ones. And buy some cat ears. They're only 10% off. <laughs> <laughs> only for the next 40 days, Thomas. I'm going to tell you, John, those, those cat ears are going to be straight right up all the time if I wear them because I'm never, ever going to relax ever again. <laughs> Thomas, I might have bought 20 cat ears. Well, someone's got to wear them, so <laughs> bring them back, I guess. We'll be cat boy Twitch streamers yet, John. And we'll see you next week in Japan. <laughs> Sparkle those stars, boys, girls, and listeners. Sparkle your stars. <laughs>